Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to continue Luke chapter 11. This is part two. And we're going to continue with this idea of prayer. That's what Jesus is teaching his disciples because they've come to him and they've asked him, teach us to pray. And so <coughs> Luke gives us what Jesus says the basic model of prayer is. And we covered that in the last podcast. And, and today uh, I want to continue with what Jesus says because he, he gives them that model of prayer. And then he says this in verse 5. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. So he's going to give them the story. And this is the story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. And you say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I cannot help you. But I'll tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you'll find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will, not maybe, but will be opened. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not, Jesus says. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So Jesus, as he's so, he, he does so eloquently, He tells the disciples a story to illustrate the power of prayer and what is actually going on when we do pray. He says a guy has, has some company coming over, uh, to his house it's late at night people are in the bed but this this company is just going to happen to show up and he doesn't have any food to give him and so he goes to a neighbor's house and he asks for three loaves of bread so the first thing i want to point out is this that this guy is asking for something in detail he's not just asking for bread but he specifically asks for three loaves of bread so the first thing I want to say is we need to be specific when we pray. We we pray in general terms a lot, but if we have a specific need, then we need to give that specific need in prayer to God and be specific with what we need. Hey neighbor, I need three loaves of bread hey god i've got this situation in my life and this is what this situation is this is what it's doing to me and i'm i'm asking for you to help with whatever the situation is and i'm giving it to you in detail right so the guy comes knocking on his neighbor's door because he has this unexpected neighbor just popped up over his house and he wants to be hospitable because the, the, the hospitality was big for the jews and 
he says, I need three loaves of bread to take care of my guests. Even though the neighbor was settled in for the night, he was not alarmed when the knock came because he knew who was at his door. He recognized the voice. He just didn't want to get out of the bed and, and go help his neighbor out because I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest here. We, we know that feeling when we go to bed at night and we're all tucked into our covers, and especially if it's cold and, and we're just, you know, we're at that point and we're laying on our pillow and we're just about to drift off to sleep and we, we may hit that light sleep and we're about to go into deep sleep mode and <clears throat> all of a sudden one of our animals bark or, or one of our kids come into our room and, and it startles and it wakes us up. And if you're anything like me, if I fall asleep, it takes me a while. If somebody wakes me up, it takes me a while to go back to sleep again. It's, and it's, it, it's, it's very aggravating for me, to be honest with you. And, and, and maybe you're the same way. And so here's this guy. He's got his family in the bed. His doors are locked. And he, he, he's snuggled in tight. And he just wants to go to sleep. So he says, I'm not helping you tonight. And, and the guy expecting him to leave, the neighbor keeps knocking on the door. He does not leave. He is being persistent. We'll get to that in just a second. But I want you to notice something here. These these two neighbors are still friends. Even though this guy is refusing to help him, he's, he's not saying, I'm not going to be your friend no more. I, I don't want to be your neighbor anymore if you can't help me. That's not what's going on here. They're, they're still friends. They're still neighbors. The, the guy just don't want to get out of bed and help his neighbor because he, he's got his family all tucked in and maybe he has young children and they're asleep and he doesn't want them to be bothered by the noise and he's trying to get his neighbor to go away and leave leave him alone for the night because they want to go to sleep There's nothing wrong with that <coughs> but there's still a relationship here uh, it, there, there was no uh, animosity between uh, the two people and and this is where a lot of people get get, get a wrong idea uh, 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 about God and about about maybe a friend or a family member. I mean, <clears throat> because if, if this was uh, uh, a 2022 version here in America, we would be posting memes about how I thought family's supposed to help. I thought friends are supposed to help. Where are the friends? I, when I'm helping, when they call on me, I'm there. Why, where's my friend when I need them? They're nowhere to be found. And we're just blasting them all over social media and, and and we treat god the same way we get desperate we pray and when god doesn't answer the way we think he should or if he doesn't answer when we think he should that he, he's just taking too long and he needs to hurry up we get mad at god and we start blaming him for our situation and for not taking control or delivering us out of whatever situation that we find ourselves in because we're in desperation mode right and, and, and God uh, God never gets in desperation mode. He is that guy that's laying in the bed with his family all settled in, and, he, and he's, he's not desperate. The guy on the outside knocking is desperate because he has this need. This person has showed up at his house, and he does not have any bread to show hospitality to. So he's in a, a desperate situation, and he's knocking on the door. And the guy's saying, go away. I, you know, I'll, <clears throat> Maybe I'll help you out later or whatever. But... Uh, it's the guy who is outside knocking who is the one who wasn't prepared and now has a need and is acting in desperation. So he cannot get mad at the friend for saying no 
<laughs> but far too often that's what we do today. We, we get in a desperate need and we think people should come to our rescue because we're not prepared for whatever just happened in our lives. And, and when people are busy or they can't help us, we, we unfortunately, far too often, we begin to condemn those people for not helping us out. And I know I've done that, been there in my life when I was in a, 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 a time of desperation from my back surgeries. And uh, I, I treated some people pretty ugly because uh, I asked for help, and, and they said no. And, uh, hey, it wasn't their problem. It was my problem. And, I, I, I you know, I, I should have been prepared, and, and, and I wasn't prepared. I, I wasn't prepared to have back surgery and, and uh, basically had to sell everything that I owned to be able to uh, pay rent and provide for my family because at the time my wife was a stay-at-home mom and it was just a very difficult situation because I didn't work for seven months but there were people who helped and God saw me through that and that that's <clears throat> remember from the last podcast in the model prayer that Jesus gives his disciples Jesus is saying you you've got to fully rely on trust to provide your daily needs because things are going to come in our lives that <clears throat> we can't control and sometimes we're not going to be able to meet our own needs. And, 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 and matter of fact, it's God who provides. Even though it's us who work, it's God that allows us to get out of the bed. It's God that allows us to, to move about and have our being. It's God that allows us to have that job that gives us our paycheck. So we still have to, whether we want to choose to acknowledge that or not, we have to fully trust and rely on God. And this guy is knocking on the door. He's in a desperate situation. And his neighbor's saying, no, i got my family tucked in bed. I want to go to sleep. My door's locked. Please go away. But uh, the guy keeps knocking. Well, I, I, I skipped the verse. I, I, I want to uh, I, I read this. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Be alert and so, of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That word, uh, <clears throat> be alert and sober mind, is nepho in, in the uh, Greek. It means to be sober, to be calm and collected in spirit, to, to be temperate, dispassionate, circumspect. In other words, the enemy is on a prowl, and the enemy is going to find you. And the enemy is going to try his best to consume you. He, he wants to devour you because you follow God and you're trusting in God. <clears throat> and, and the first reaction we have is to panic or when we're in desperation mode, we, we panic. But Peter's saying, look, be sober, be, be alert. In other words, the, the Greek word there is be calm. Be like the guy on the inside of the house, not like the guy who's on the outside of the house in a desperation mode and beating on the door and begging for bread because he wasn't prepared for the guest that just showed up at his house because things are going to catch us by surprise. Things in life are going to happen and <clears throat> we have to be persistent in our pursuit of God and we have to... Uh, uh, remember that God has our back and we have to remain calm. And, and it's not the easiest thing to do. Uh, and I'm sure you understand what I mean because you've been through some situations in your life as well. And I would love to hear those stories. And you could email those to me at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com.
come. And I, I would love to hear those stories of how God has brought you through some things in your life. But if you think about it, uh, if you look at <coughs> what, because <coughs> you got to remember who Jesus is talking to here. He's talking to these 12 handpicked disciples. And he's talking to people who uh, he's going to be leaving in charge of the, the kingdom. He, he's going to be ascending back to the Father. And he's leaving these guys. And they're going to have to literally put their trust in God. And they're going to be uh, facing uh, wolves. And, and, and just like Jesus said, you know, you're going to, you're a sheep among wolves. And, and a sheep does not stand a chance against a hungry wolf. And when you read the book of Acts, and we've done podcasts that covers Acts, you can go back and listen to those, and I hope that you do. Um, but when we see the book of Acts and the persecution that these people faced because of their faith, because they followed Jesus, the torture that they endured, and uh, just uh, the persecution and the things that having to watch their families die or, or be persecuted uh, because of their faith in Jesus, people being crucified upside down, boiled in hot oil. I mean, Nero would take Christians and, and pour oil on them while they're alive and set them on fire to light up his gardens and they would be burned alive. He would bury Christians up to their neck and he would run his chariots over them just for fun and game. So <clears throat> there, there's, there, there's, there's situations that are going to come in our lives and, and we have to remain calm. And that's why Peter says, be sober. Uh, he says, be sober, be alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have to remember that God has our back. We have to stay calm. Um, this guy knocking on the neighbor's door was desperate because he didn't have any food and he wasn't going to be able to show hospitality to his guests and he was about to be shamed if his neighbor didn't come through with the three loaves of bread that he asked for. When we come back, we'll talk about what this guy does to get his bread. We'll be right back. We all know technology is great when it's operating properly, but when it's not, it can be a huge headache. Well, I want to tell you about my friend Joshua. He is a tech guru, and he is here to help you with any problems that you are having with your computer or your phone. Joshua offers computer troubleshooting. He can get rid of those viruses that slow your computer down. He offers computer training. He offers iPhone and iPad tutoring. He has Wi-Fi support. He offers web hosting. Joshua can come over to your house, or he can help you with your situation by phone. Check out his website at joshuastechservices.com or give him a call at 865-268-6698. So what does the guy do to get the, the three loaves of bread from the neighbor who didn't want to get out of his bed because his family was already in the bed and his doors were locked and he just didn't want to fool with it? The guy just keeps on knocking. He was persistent. Dude, I, I got to have this bread. I got this person that's at my house, and I, I don't have anything to show hospitality uh, to them. I, I got to have this bread. Please get out of the bed. And so he, he doesn't give up. He just keeps on knocking. And finally, the, not wanting his family to be disturbed, not wanting the rest of the neighborhood to be disturbed, the guy gets out of his bed, and he goes, and he gets the three loaves of bread for 
the desperate neighbor. And that's when Jesus says, I'll tell you this, though he won't do it for friendship's sake, it doesn't mean they're not friends. They're still friends. He just didn't want to get out of the bed. And, and, and I understand that feeling. I know what he means. Jesus says, if you keep knocking long enough, he'll get up and he'll give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, you keep on asking, keep, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives. That's a promise. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door not may be open, it will be open. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 8, Jesus said that God already knows what we need before we ever ask. So why ask? Because Jesus said, pray to the Father. Jesus said, be persistent. Jesus says, be specific. Jesus said, ask and you will receive. But not only does he say ask, the, the, the New Living Translation absolutely has it right. He says, you keep on asking. You don't give up. you got to be persistent. <clears throat> Far too often, we, we, we pray a time or two or a few times to God for something, and we are specific, but we don't get the answer immediately, or we don't, we, we don't get the answer that we wanted, and we think that God just doesn't care. And so we, we quit praying a, about the situation, and, and, and we give up. And, and Jesus, he is telling his disciples right here, he says, do not give up. Be persistent keep on knocking keep on asking keep on seeking <clears throat> be persistent and this is a promise out of the mouth of Jesus that God will answer our prayers just because we are persistent <clears throat> he says you fathers if you if your children ask for a fish do you give them a snake instead or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not, he says. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now keep in mind who he's talking to here. He, you know, we got to remember, who asked for prayer? Or who asked to be taught about prayer? These 12 hand-picked disciples that, that Jesus went around and saying, Hey, follow me follow me. It's these guys who have watched him heal so many people and cast out so many demons and cure so many diseases, even raise people from the dead. They have seen him go off to be alone time and time again and come back hours and hours later where he had been talking to the Father in prayer. And <clears throat> he says, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, you know what that tells me? That some the some of these 12 men had families that some of these 12 men had a wife and children at home to take care of which really drives home the statement that Peter says in Matthew ch chapter 19 verse 27 Peter says <coughs> dude we gave up everything to follow you and 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 in other words we are putting our trust in God we're putting our trust and you and we need you to teach us uh, how to pray and to, how to be faithful and, and to trust God like you do Jesus and so he, he gives them this story and then he's going to give us this illustration and he says 
<clears throat> and he's going to use food for an illustration because that gets people's attention. We all love food. And um, he says, uh, he, he says, when your children get hungry, he says, they ask for a fish or they ask for an egg. Well, what, <clears throat> what these two things that Jesus are, they're staples in, in, in the, the Jewish diet. He says, if your kid asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. Why, why, would, why would they give your... I mean, the, the, these Jewish men who have these children, if their child asks for a fish, and a lot of these guys are fishermen, so they would, they would have uh, uh, knowledge about the fish and how to clean a fish and how to cook it properly uh, for their child. But they also know what a snake is. And Jesus says, if, a child, if your child asks for a fish, you're not going to give him a snake. Well, no. You're not going to give him a snake to eat. Why? <clears throat> because a snake is unclean in the Jewish diet. You're not going to give your child something that will defile him before a holy God. Because remember, the first thing that Jesus said in the model prayer, Lord, teach us how to pray. Okay, keep the name of God holy. Well, obviously, Jesus is saying you're not going to give your child something that's unclean to eat. And, and you're going to protect your child. And you're going to point your child to God and to teach your child that God is holy. So when your child asks for a fish, you're not going to give him something that God calls unclean and that will defile your child before a God who is holy. And then he says, if your child asks for an egg, you're not going to give them a scorpion, are you? Of course not, because a scorpion in the Jewish dietary laws that God gave to them under Moses, the scorpion is unclean. They can't eat unclean. And Jesus is saying, you're not going to defile your kid before a holy God. You're going to do everything that you can as a father, as a dad, to, to point your children to God and to teach them that God is holy. And you're not going to do anything that's going to harm your child. And he says, so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now again, keep in mind who, who Jesus is talking to here. He's, he's still talking to the 12 hand-picked disciples. And get this. He calls them sinful. And I, I don't want you to miss this, what Jesus says to these, these 12 guys here. He said, so you sinful people. He's looking these 12 men in the eyes. And he's calling them sinful people. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? <clears throat> Think about this. These guys have walked with Jesus on a daily basis for quite some time now. They've seen him work miracles. They've seen him cast out demons. They've seen him raise dead to life. They've heard his teachings. They have seen Jesus do all kinds of great things for people. They themselves have been given the authority by Jesus to go into villages and preach the kingdom of God is here. They've been given the authority to back up that message by working miracles and by uh, being able to cast out demons. They themselves. And Jesus says, <clears throat> even though you guys can do that, you're still sinners. You're still Even though you follow me on a daily basis, you are still a sinner. People who do not follow Jesus 
people who are still in the world, they have a difficult time grasping this concept just because that someone has accepted Jesus as the Lord and Savior and was baptized for the remission of their sins or the forgiveness of their sins, it does not mean that we will never sin again. I mean, I know that Jesus told that woman at the well, go and sin no more. He, he told people that on different occasions, go and sin no more. Do you think they sinned again? Absolutely. Because that's what we do. There is only one perfect person who never sinned, and that is Jesus himself. He had to be that way because he was God and he came to this earth to die for our sins. He is our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5, 7, Paul says, and to be our Passover lamb, the Passover lamb has to be perfect in order to be offered for a sacrifice. And Jesus was the perfect lamb that was offered for the sacrifice, for the penalty, for the payment of our sin. And he has reconciled us back to God. He, and only he, is the only one that has ever been and ever will be perfect. We are human. We are created in the image of God. But unfortunately, we chose sin. Adam and Eve chose sin in the garden. And we continue to sin even though we've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ and filled with His Holy Spirit. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are forgiven of our sins past present and future we strive to not sin and we strive to uh, not to live a sinful life and we strive we should be striving to be more like jesus every day but the bottom line is we trip we fall we make mistakes we make bad choices because the devil like we talked about earlier in the podcast in 1 Peter 5, 8, the, the devil's a roaring lion. He knows uh, what uh, what will get us to fall. We, he knows what uh, what sin we like that gets our attention. And he dangles that carrot. And far too often we go for the bait and we take the bait and we sin. But we have an advocate with the Father. That's the difference between somebody who follows Jesus and somebody who does not. If we follow Jesus, our sins are forgiven if we do not follow Jesus and we're not washed in the blood of Jesus, we have no hope. We're still dead in our sin. And these 12 men, even and we're talking about the 12 that are closest to Jesus that he handpicked. Even though they followed Jesus on a daily basis, even though they were filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2, and they worked miracles, and they went around preaching Jesus, and they're baptizing people, and they're, they're in authority, and they're, they, they have kicked off the kingdom of God, the church, they're still sinners. They still make mistakes. And we see this over and over again throughout the New Testament. They were still sinners. And this should give you and, you and, uh, you and me hope <clears throat> because we're sinners. Even though we have Jesus living inside of us by the power of the Holy Spirit, we still sin. <clears throat> and people say, I, I just can't do this Jesus stuff, man. It's too hard. It is hard. But Jesus took care of our sin. And I want you to understand that and get that. And the reward will be awesome someday when, we, when we're done, when we give <clears throat> our last breath, breath on this earth and we pass into eternity and we stand before a holy God. We're not holy because of anything that we've done. 
We can only be holy because of what Jesus has done on Calvary's cross and that empty tomb and washed our sins away and made our sins that are scarlet. He has made them white as snow through the blood of Jesus. Jesus is our hope, our only hope. Now, the flip side of that is this. God is not simple. He is holy. And since he is holy and perfect and just and righteous, if we sinners, Jesus said, know how to give good gifts to our children, then surely God, who is holy, knows what we need. And if we are persistent in our prayer life, Jesus says God's going to come through. And not only will he come through, but he will give us the Holy Spirit if we ask him. Why do we need the Holy Spirit? Well, read John chapter 14. And John or Jesus in the book of John chapter 14 tells us exactly why we need the Holy Spirit. He is our comforter and he will guide us into all truth. Are you praying and are you being persistent in your prayer life? That's going to wrap it up for prayer. I'll see you next podcast and we'll continue with part three of Luke chapter 11. God bless you. Keep grinding. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.